Welcome to another episode of Skids Up RC Helicopter Podcast. I am the weird Canadian saying, how's it going, eh? Darren Weens. With me is our wonderful friend from Florida, Frank Moradieos. Say hi, Frank. Say hi, Frank. How's it going? Can't complain, man. It's hot as hell in Florida and I'm getting prepared. Uh, just been going crazy lately. A lot of work, a lot of projects going on. So just getting ready for Urcha. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's been kind of, you know, it's been pretty warm up here, for, up here in Western Canada too. So, but then our Canadian hot is nowhere near like your Florida hot. So your, your, your hot is my winner. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then we also have a special guest with us. Mr. Cliff Lewis, how's it going, Cliff? Hey, it's going good, going good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to have you here. Good to and have you here. It had oh, been hot here in Virginia, too, the last, uh, I don't know, the last week or two two weeks, really, really hot. So I'm glad that Florida finally came and got its weather back, took it back down there where it goes. It's uh, It's been pretty nice here the last few days. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I do love it up there, coming to visit you guys for the Virginia event and stuff like that. So, very excited, very cool about that. I wish you would have kept the weather a little bit, a little bit longer, you know, mm. you know what it's like to to live <laughs> down here. Then that's why, you know, we don't live down there. It's okay. I'd rather deal with some heat than any snow. Yeah, yeah, we get that too. I don't know. I saw you at uh, at Chill Out a few years ago when we had some ice on the ground. You you didn't you were you were toughing it pretty good. Dude, I was proud of I you. Had, I was. I had like I was I had like four layers and like <laughs> half a bottle of whatever you gave me. <laughs> That's how you, you know? do it. You warm you warm yourself from the inside out. Yes, Cliff has always been there to give me the, an adult beverage every at every event. I think that we've ever been to. Either you, either you got me drunk or you fed me. You've done one of the two. Sometimes both. Yeah, that is true. And, and you know, now you know, you know my bartender now, and uh, yeah. she will, she'll keep you warm. Oh, for sure. Um, I, had a lot of, I had a lot of fun hanging out with them at, um, and we're talking about Elaine and Bill. I had a lot of fun hanging out with them at Joe Nall. Poor guys. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. They, they said they were coming down there. I forgot about that. It's close to them, so it's local to them, but they were like, there was only like five helicopter guys there. And I'm like, uh, damn, I feel ashamed that I didn't bring something to fly with you guys here. But it was mostly a planker event for me. I've heard lots of good things about that event, although not, you know, I know it's not a whole lot of helis there, but I'd like to check that one out sometime anyways. No, the feel is out of this world. The feel is yeah. just, I can't put into words how beautiful that place is. Uh, Think about Heli-X. the most manic. You ha- yeah. You have your chance. It's an all helicopter event. Yeah. Heli extravaganza. I'd like to do that one too. One of the reasons why actually I'd like to do Joe Nall is I've got a bunch of planker friends that uh, I'm trying to convince to go on a trip with me. And Joe Nall would be the better one for that because they're, they definitely are not heli guys. Well, first of all, I should probably say thanks to everybody for downloading and listening. And. I think I'm going to probably have to give a warning right off the top. This episode is probably going to be released a little bit late because we're actually recording a week late and then I'm going to be gone for two weeks. So I'm not going to have a whole lot of time to edit. So <laughs> this episode will be coming out after Urcha and it will p- 
probably be a bit a little bit late but anyways frank tell us what you've been up to lately dude so other than flying uh i've been doing a lot of flying it's been a little mix and match you know mostly helicopters but i've I've had some planker days. And the reason why I've been pushing plankers lately so much is because urches are on the corner. I'm trying to save my models. And I'm trying to make sure that I have all my models ready to fly there. Or, Don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. And just trying to figure out what I'm going to take. So here's the lineup so far. I'm going to okay. have my, fa- my favorite uncle, Mr. Rogers. I nicknamed that for Steve Shaw, right? He's... Uh, <laughs> is he's he coming? So I, yeah, he'll be there. Oh, awesome. awesome. So, he's that. he's driving, so he's going to take a helicopter for me, right? Okay. But I want to take my gasser, but I know if it's going to be a little stinky. So, I think I'm going to run that out and bring that with me in the plane and have him take my electric. Oh. Because I really want to have Mr. Darby put his hands on my gasser and mm-hmm. kind of tune it up for me. He's He's really good at that stuff. And so... I have that, and I plan to bring my XL Power Nitro, and I'll have one of my electrics there, one of my 700s. So, only 700s going this year to Urcha. No 550s, no nothing else. So, basically three helicopters then? Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, I'll be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I can crash one of those a day, as long as I don't <laughs> crash all of them. <laughs> I'll be good. Just don't crash them all in one day. I know, man. It's so weird. Just bring some parts. You'll be fine. No, Scott and Heli Director there. If I need anything, they'll, True. they'll have they'll have my back. I'm hoping somebody will be there with parts. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> oh yeah. Scott will have all the parts you need for your XL and whatever else you have. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I've been seeing it, a bunch of your planker pictures. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Although those are pretty cool planes, I have to admit. Yeah, this is my first time going to Urcha flying. So I, so you know, I I'm, I got a level of bouginess that can't be measured with the human scale. And one of them is like I always fly first class, regardless of the cost, right? And but the flight, the flight coming back to Miami, it's at six in the morning. Ooh, and so. Muncie is about an hour away from Indianapolis, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being the cautious traveler that I am, I know to be at the airport two hours before that, right? Mm-hmm. So, that means that I have to leave on a Saturday night at three in the morning to meet my parameters. And I'm not driving <laughs> or renting a car. So, I'm trying to figure out. That's like and- right when all the fun starts there. I know, dude. I know. I know. So I don't know if I should just stay awake yes. and sleep in the sleep in the plane when yes. I get there. Yes. But I also know that if I, you know, partaking in some adult beverages, <laughs> I know I'm going to get an extra tired really quickly because you know, there's only it, Cliff. You see me pretty wrecked. So not wrecked, but you see me pretty happy. You know, I don't. I, you know, I don't. Hold but back. I can. I can tell you how to fix that though. So. You wait until about dinner time, and you start drinking then, and stop at about 10, and then you get on the water, and you'll be okay. Okay. That sounds like a great idea if I was a pastor or a preacher or stuff like that. (laughs) I'm not trying trying to live that lifestyle. I'm sorry. I don't do it often, but when it comes to events, it's party time. I understand. 
<laughs> so the other issue is, is I can fly a uh, regular and leave later. But I know I'm going to be more miserable doing that than I am being there going 24 hours without sleep. So, yeah. First world problems for sure. Ex-fat guy problems as well. So have you not booked your ticket back home then yet? Not yet. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're talking, you said 3 a.m. Saturday morning or Sunday morning? Sunday morning. I'll Sunday be there Saturday, okay. all day Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, I was starting to think, it's like, wait a minute, you're only going to be there for like barely 24 hours otherwise. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to get there Wednesday night. Okay. Well, I'm actually going to have a rental car, so. Oh, cool. Might, you can drive me to the airport. You can drive me to the airport then. I don't know if I want to leave it that time. <laughs> well, actually, because my plane leaves Indianapolis, I think it's like five or six in the afternoon or evening, actually. Oh, dude, like you that. know what you could but, do is you can drop me off at the airport and then you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, <laughs> that might be possible. <laughs> might be possible. <laughs> oh, man. So um, is somebody picking you up on Thursday or Wednesday night then too or not? Yeah, Brian and okay. Lee. Okay. The uh, the Viking. So cool. Are you, how, so, are you, how are you bringing your helicopters in? Are you packing them in a golf club case or what? Yeah, I have a golf. I have a golf uh, golf club case. Yeah. Okay. I have the SKF or SKS. SKB. One of those models. SKB. Yeah, the SKB. Yeah. The one that's the good one. Yeah. So cool. And I can stick two seven hundreds in there. Yeah. I gotta take the blades. I gotta take the head off or. The head off and the skids off. See, hmm, interesting because well, I'm wondering. Well, SKB actually has several different styles of golf club case too. So, yeah, it's, I got the whatever pro version it is. Yeah, and and Ernie, Ernie, he's coming too. He'll be there only for Saturday because he has some stuff he has to take care of. But he um, he has a bigger case, so I might. That'll be plenty of time away. for him to bust up some stuff. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You were there, weren't you? You were there when we when he first went to RCHO, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Holy, holy smokes! Uh, God, did he destroy a lot of stuff that weekend? <laughs> he destroyed oh, a God. lot and put a lot of it back together, and then destroyed it all over again. Oh no, no, dude, he can't control himself. I always laugh at him. I'm like, dude, the problem is when he crashes the first time. He's like, I have to, I have to redeem myself. And I'm like, no, dude, you, you don't redeem yourself. You stop flying. You go get some food. You go do something else to get your mind up what you're doing, then come fly it later. Well, it's bad, man. Those RCHO, Jay. Jay is terrible for talking somebody in the ground, man. That is his goal. He is. Dude. He will J- talk Jay, you into J- the dirt. Jay's a pussycat. The real mm. villain in that whole thing, it's Eric Shu. Eric Shu will come <laughs> by me and just say, hey, buddy. <laughs> there it goes. Full recant. <laughs> like it was nothing. <laughs> oh, um, it's like hey, you can get lower than that. How about that one? You can get lower than that. Uh, yeah, no, dude, I don't. I don't want to get lower than that. I'm happy where I'm at. Don't don't talk me into it. No, no, you can fly lower. Come on, you can do it. Everybody's looking, Frank. You're better than this, Frank. Yeah, I, it's and it's just like it's coming in. <laughs> but yeah, I always oh. have a good time, and I always have a good time at RCHO, man. That's like. That's the event that I won't miss. Yeah. Good people yeah. down there. Really good people. Yeah, they are. Yeah, there's there's no other event that puts as much effort as those guys do, man. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. 
One day. One day. Oh, dude. RCHO is like nothing you've ever seen, man. That's like Mad Max meets helicopters. That's the best <laughs> way to explain it. But everybody's super friendly. And if they have something, they'll give it to you. Like, even though Cliff hasn't made me breakfast yet, I'm still waiting for him to make me I breakfast. I just don't do breakfast. I will make you lunch and dinner anytime. <laughs> so, I, oh, I've man. got the Blackstone. Eggs make such a mess on the Blackstone. Yeah, but you know what, what comes out good on the Blackstone? Hash browns. This is, yeah, very true. They come, they come out so freaking good, man. I did cook you breakfast one morning at Hell Extravaganza, and you didn't get up to eat it. You were like, oh, I'm oh, sleeping. Dude, no. Yeah. Well, you got me drunk the night before, so. I, I, I can't cook you <laughs> breakfast at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, dude, Denny's has breakfast all day, every day, okay? This ain't Denny's. This ain't Denny's. <laughs> This is Cliffy's. We only get breakfast at a certain time. <laughs> so let's let's try to let's try to get this shit together here because uh, while I love fucking around, I want to make I, I want to actually interview you. Okay. So okay, Cliff, so is how, that it for you, ahead. little Frank, or what? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, okay. I kept interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> Can I give my thing before we start interviewing Cliff or? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> that would be a good plan. You should edit this part out, you know? Don't make me look like an idiot. No way. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Mine's not that long. Um, I have been doing a little bit of flying. I actually... So, my Logo 690 and my Spectre V2 are currently at Andy Ross's house right now. They showed up in good shape. You know, you talk about you had to take the head off, Frank. I actually did not even have to do that. The golf club case that I'm using has a hump at the bottom end. Mm -hmm. And both helicopters, I removed the skids and the blades. Okay. And that's it. Okay. That's awesome. And I just had to go and make sure that the blade grips were lined up parallel with the boom and then they okay. both fit perfectly inside that hump very and cool which so it's an skb yeah it's an skb case as well but this one's designed to have all that extra you know some of those golf club bags they have that big extra bag that juts off the side kind of thing and this case is designed to have fit one of those kind of golf club cases or golf club golf bags and so, yeah, with that hump, my head, the head of both helicopters fit in there just perfectly. So, yeah, it was nice. Everything fit in there perfectly. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to ship the batteries. I was hoping to ship the batteries with the helicopters, too. And okay. that ended up being a whole big extra cluster in itself. Oh, uh, man. I, I used FedEx to ship the stuff out. Okay. And FedEx flat out said, we're not shipping the batteries unless you use a dangerous goods transportation company to go and do all the paperwork. They have to go and package the batteries and they have to make all the arrangements. And what else was there? Oh, I had to go. They wanted me to go and provide a bunch of special information from the manufacturer of what's in these batteries. And the amount of red tape and paperwork was just awful. 
And it would have cost me a whole heck of a lot of extra money to do that. And I finally said, screw it. I'm going to figure something else out. And I normally run 12S4000 in my logo and 12S4500s in the Spectre V2. And so I figured, well, let's see if I can get the 4500s to fit in the logo. And I did a little bit of finagling and fiddling and whatnot and discovered that, yes, I can get the 4500s to fit in my logo 690. So I will be bringing just one set of packs for both helicopters. So I've got two. I'll bring, you know, a 12S 4500 pack. And then I know a lot of people don't like this, but I always like to use a uh, separate 2S LiPo for my electronics as well. And so I've got a little 2S 450 milliamp hour 2S LiPo that I'll be bringing for the electronics as well. And yeah, so I will, I'm going to have to risk take them on the airplane. I've done it before. I know it can be possible. And hopefully I just get a TSA agent that is in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and is willing to actually follow the rules. So, yeah. So, cool. Andy has did open it up the case and said everything arrived in excellent shape. So, thank you, Andy. He's going to be bringing them to the event for me. And uh, I'm just looking forward tell to tell Andy it. to get off his ass and bring you some batteries too. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I've had lots of people tell me, well, why don't you just buy some batteries? But out there, I'm like, well, my problem is I actually use XT90s on my helicopters for batteries. I don't use EC5 or RC Pro Plus. I use XT90s. What kind of animal are you? What kind of animal are you? One that just likes to use XT90s. I think EC5s can fit XT90s. Yeah. Uh, they can fit in in the in the in the ESC side. Yeah, I guess they would fit in the EC, in the ESC side, wouldn't they? Okay. Yeah. So, either way, I thought it was EC XT sixties and EC threes. I didn't think that it was X, EC fives as well. They do also. Yeah. Do they? Okay. I knew the smaller ones did. I didn't think the bigger ones fit. But okay. Anyways, either way, it is what it is, and this is what my plan is at this point. So we'll see what happens and yeah and then i have done a little bit of flying um i actually got out my old yardbird i haven't flown my yardbird 700 in since last year and cool. my batteries for it are absolutely toast <laughs> i went easy on it i was only pull it's you know yardbird 700 and i was only pulling about 70 amps of current like i flew it really easy and those batteries came down just really really hot really really hot so yeah they're they're absolutely toast and they definitely don't have the same power that they used to anymore <laughs> but then those batteries are probably about six years old they're old rev electrics packs oh, wow. are, uh, i think around six years old so they've had a good life they've had hundreds of flights on them so and they haven't always been treated very well either so i, I really can't complain but uh I also have been flying around. I've got a little T-Rex 550 that I normally use for buddy boxing. And I've got it set up for beginners and buddy boxing. And I kind of realized that 
with the way I have it set up for beginners and buddy boxing, it sucks for 3D and aerobatics. <laughs> I've got it set up terrible for that. So, but oh well. And then I've been flying my plank a bunch more too, because for the same reason as you, Frank, it's like yeah, I don't want to go and crash anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, Cliff reacted to that quickly. <laughs> oh yeah. And then you finally, you don't have any planks. Not anymore. I did a long time ago. I had I had four forty percenters at one time. Oh wow! Oh, holy shit! <laughs> yeah. And then I got divorced, so that had to go pay for the lawyer. Yeah. Oh. That probably didn't even cover the lawyer fees. Uh, it was a good start, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then finally. Things here in Canada are not doing all that great either as far as Transport Canada and Mac. Mac has now decided to start kicking people out because they disagree with them. Mm. And it's been very frustrating. And to be honest, it's rekindling that whole thing of whether or not I even want to stay flying in Canada right now. And uh, so, yeah. what happens if you just go rogue fly somewhere? You just find a field somewhere and you just fly. I would actually be willing to do that if I could find a decent place to do that out here. Um, I mean, would you get in trouble for it? Oh, because I mean, you can caught, you if they caught me, it's uh, a ten thousand dollar fine. Oh, yeah, Oof, forget that. Yeah, it's not really so not really worth it. To be honest, I'd still be willing to do it because I don't think they'd ever catch me. I really don't. But I need to find a place to do it. And it's so heavily, it's, we've got two problems like this, you know, we've got two problems out here where I am. One is it's incredibly heavily populated. And two, it's heavily, heavily forested. So there's not a whole lot of unused open land. Any unused land out here is thickly forested. Like technically the west coast of British Columbia is considered a rainforest area. And so, yeah, so there is a lot of trees and it's really difficult to try and find an empty space. And I don't want to feel, I don't feel safe, especially with my 700s. I don't feel safe myself just flying at a schoolyard or something like that. I'm not going to do that. I just don't think that's safe to do. So, but. Yeah, no, there's been a number of people now lately that have had their their Mac pulled and they're no longer allowed to fly at any Mac sanctioned air uh, location. And uh, yeah, it's been. I've never heard anybody losing their AMA. (sighs) Me neither. And yet it's happening here. I the latest one is somebody that I actually know. And. I mean, I'll be honest, he's not a guy that I really, uh, I, I don't really like the guy all that much. I mean, I get along with him, but he's not somebody I would consider a friend. But at the same time, even though I'd rather, you know, I'm not a big fan of this guy, I don't think it was right to kick him out. I really don't. And in my opinion, for what happened, they Mac had no right to kick him out, in my opinion. And to be honest, that's the other thing is just if they know that I'm saying this on the podcast, it's there's a strong chance that I could be the next one on the chopping block. Like I, mm-hmm. I literally could be 
just for criticizing Mac on this podcast, I could be kicked out as well. Oh, so living, living like dangerously there. So, dangerously. yeah, well, yeah. So anyways, that's basically it for my check-in, I guess. So let's get to you, Cliff. Frank, sure. you're going to start off already. So we usually do a bunch of generic questions, but I want to know this. How long have you been dancing? How long have I been dancing? Yeah. Because you had some moves on you had some moves R A C H O. Oh, that dancing. <laughs> that dancing. <laughs> yeah. I'm i st- I'm still really practicing on that dancing. Uh I, I don't I don't know I don't actually know when I started that. It was probably probably started somewhere around uh I don't know, twenty, twenty one years old and I've been slowly perfecting it since then. <laughs> I thought you meant real dancing. So I once I met Kathy she did this yeah. dance called West Coast Swing, and uh, I was I was kind of a little bit jealous of it at first because you know it's it's a social dance, and she's going out there and she's dancing with all these guys and they're all handsy all over. I'm like, wait a minute here, I don't know if I like this or not. So she's like, well, you okay. can take lessons too, and you can learn how to dance, and you can you know dance with other women. I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> all right. So anyhow, uh, we started doing West Coast Swing, and I did that. And probably right about the time COVID started, that pretty much got all shut down here. And her and I'll dance some in the living room together, but that's about it now. Holy shit! I didn't even know that you did that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I've actually got a good friend of mine that does uh, swing dance, and he actually says it's a lot of fun. It it is pretty fun. It's it's really social. It it really reminds yeah. me of of how I kind of take the the helicopter hobby where you're you're going out and you're meeting people and you're sitting down and hanging out with them and talking to them and mm-hmm. just kind of that's that is what it is for me mostly. Yeah, yeah. Very no, cool. I've heard a lot of good things. I I know a couple of people that do that that swing dancing up here in West Coast Canada, and they, uh, yeah, they really enjoy it. And. They, they, she looks like they get a lot of exercise doing it too. <laughs> you work up a pretty good sweat. Yeah, West Coast is not so fast. East okay. Coast is probably what they do, or Lindy Hop, and that's a really, really, really fast dance. That's like the fifties and sixties music. Um, okay, that's kind of the music they use. So we ours is kind of more top forty. It's a lot slower. Okay, okay, that's still pretty cool. Cool. So, Cliff, how long have you been in the hobby? I originally got into the hobby when I was 15 years old, and I am 50 now. My mom and dad got me a trainer airplane, and uh, I pretty much instantly crashed that because I just, I don't know, stupidly thought, you know, you just go ahead and... Kind of get it all trimmed out, and it'll just pretty much sit there and hang out in the air. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, anyhow, after that, I was kind of in it and out of it and in it and out of it for quite a bit. Um, when I had gotten the uh, into the giant scale planes, I had done those probably, oh, uh, probably just a little bit before Madison was born. So she'll be seventeen next week. Um, and I flew those for probably about uh, probably about six or seven years, and then uh, once uh, Madison's mom and I got 
divorced. I sold all that to pay for a lawyer. And I said, I'm done with it. I said, just bring a two-inch ball, pick it up, take it all. Take the trailer, take the transmitters, take everything. Just take it. And uh, I said, I'm done with it, never getting back into it. And I don't know. I just kind of slowly started trickling back into the helicopter stuff. And Hmm. here I am now. So you say you're a kid. How old did you say you were when your parents bought you that plane? Fifteen, one five. Fifteen. So did your parent? Did your dad fly, or one of your mu- mu- parents fly at all, or how? Why did they do that? No, they didn't. Um, they were looking for a Christmas present for me, and I think they went to a hobby store and they saw it. I think Dad kind of was like, "I think this would be kind of neat," and that's when they got it. We wow. hadn't hadn't been to watch anybody fly or didn't know anybody that flew or anything. So did your dad ever get into it afterwards? No, not no. at all. Nope. Oh, huh. that's interesting. So why helicopters to bring you back then? Um, I, the, the helicopters, the helicopters are never, ever trying to fly. At least with the airplanes, they're trying to fly most of the time. The helicopters, I think, just beat the air into submission. Um, there, you've got always, they can fly any direction. You know, airplanes can't do that. So airplanes, I think, are just kind of, it's kind of stupid, but I think airplanes are kind of closer to like playing checkers and flying helicopters is a lot closer to chess. You've got to actually think about what you're going to do before you're doing it. And if you don't do it, you're going to mess up. Hmm. And the people. Um, not taking anything away from the airplane people. I, I, I like those guys. Um, the helicopter people are just, kind of, in, in my opinion, just kind of more fun to hang out with. They just, they do dumber stuff. And uh, it's just <laughs> yes. more my kind of people. <laughs> yes. That is great. That is great. That is great. Yeah. Although... Um, I gotta, I gotta say too. I mean, I would agree with you on all of that. The one thing, though, the only people that I've found that can be kind of close to heli guys, believe it or not, are control line guys. Have you ever been to some control line flying events? Have you even seen one? Have you ever even seen anybody do it? Yeah, we actually have a. We have. I guess it's about probably about six or. Oh, six or eight people that are at my field here that yeah. fly control line, and we have a control line circle mode out for them. And I tried it one time, and it it, it was it was a unique experience. It was not anything like <laughs> yeah. I really expected it was going to be. I thought it was like, okay, you just get out here and it, you spin around. But to to watch the drag on those lines, you know, the, the plane is basically yeah. straight out in front of you and you're holding the handle looking at it and you just got so much drag on the lines. Um, of course, I fell down at the end of it, but <laughs> I was able to fly a whole flight. I, I still don't know how those old guys get out there and just spin around and do that all day long. Yeah, it's true. What what I'm more thinking, though, is just the those the guys you know the camaraderie that we have with the helicopters when you go to an event and some of the you know we we're talking pre-show about guys talking each other into the ground and whatnot the other place where i have seen that kind of thing is with control line like w- though the control line guys are almost as good as helicopter guys 
that I have found anyways, when it comes to trying to talk each other in the ground, when it comes to the trash talking. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. They have fun. They do just as much stupid stuff as, I mean, have you seen three or four of those guys holding on to each other, spinning around down, trying to wrap each other up with those wires? Doing combat? Oh, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and they're in the center of the uh, center of the circle and they're elbowing each other and pushing yeah. each other away and all that. It's hilarious. <laughs> I give them credit for that. Yes, I definitely I, I, give them credit for that. When it comes to having fun at an event, some of those control line guys, they know how to party and have fun. <laughs> I agree. And so, I mean, those, some of those planes, those bigger ones, like the 40 and upsize planes, they pull, man. You got to hold yeah. on to them. Oh yeah. I Big time. Anyways. Just a side note, anyways. Distraction. (laughs) (laughs) Squirrel! (laughs) That's what we do here on this podcast. (laughs) That's why I'm here. Um, Cliff, what's your favorite event every year? My favorite event? Yes. Um, You know my favorite event. Let's... Heli yeah, extravaganza I'm- is my favorite. It's it's one of the it's one of the ones that are further away from me. It's definitely not a close one, but Heli extravaganza is my favorite event. Um, I just I love the facility. It's just you know to 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 try to describe it to somebody that's never been there. You just you can't do it. It won't. It just the stuff you say doesn't make sense until you go there and you see it for the first time. Uh, just the grass, the bathrooms, the the fun that you have down there. It's that's just my favorite. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I've heard lots of things about that field. One of these days, one day. There's too many I, bucket list places to go. <laughs> I, I I can't, you know, anybody that's coming down there, I can't, I can't think that they're not going to have a good time. You know, I take Madison, um, there's several of the other people are bringing their whole families, wives and kids there to hang out during Heli Extravaganza. Andy's wife, girlfriend, whatever she is, Tima, uh, she gets the kids together and they go down and get their bathing suits on and they go down and play in the creek. They can get on their bikes and ride around on the paved road. It's, I don't know how far it is from the entrance back to where we're at, but it's, it's probably at least a mile. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a great place. Is that facility bigger than the AMA facility? Um, I don't know. It's, it's laid out longer. I don't know that it's bigger. Okay. Okay. It's a lot. It looks a lot nicer, though, man. I tell you what, it looks like a. The best way to describe it, it looks like a golf resort. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that that the grass is cut short everywhere, whereas the mm-hmm. AMA field, it's not necessarily cut short everywhere. <clears throat> so you talk about families then too. So uh, as a lot of people know, because well, I was thinking we can get into this yet too, but uh, being the fact that you're also on the Telerotor podcast, but. Uh, we, you mentioned your daughter, Maddie. So what, how you got, did you end up doing anything to get her flying into interested in helicopters or how did that work? So I tried to initially, um, I really, I really kind of pushed her to it. Um, I bought her a, a Synergy E5 and I'm like, this is your, I brought her whole Futaba transmitter, I bought her everything. She had all of her own stuff. And I'm like, this is yours. And, you know, here, I'll take you out and we'll, and I'll teach you how to fly it. And I'm not a good instructor 
when I'm instructing somebody I know, like her, or mm-hmm. if I were teaching my, you know, Kathy how to f- fly, I'm just, I'm not very good at teaching somebody that I know. So that kind of frustrated her. It frustrated me a whole lot. So it didn't work out well. And I'm like, well, whatever. I'm just done with it. And I think she finally, uh, you know, so I have her pretty much all the time. Uh, my ex-wife gets her every other Saturday uh, from nine to five. And it just didn't, you know, she's pretty much with me all the time. So she got stuck going to the field. And in order for her to have something to do when she got there, you know, she's like, well, guess I'm going to start trying to fly a little bit. And she, somebody down at RCHO gave her a, uh, a Blade 230. And we kept it in the box. And right before we went to Dragonfly one year, she got it out here in the backyard and she flew it up into a tree and it fell out of the tree and busted itself (laughs) up a little bit. We put it back together. And then at that event down there, she flew, I think it was, I think it was 35 or 38 times over that weekend. And I just remember she came to me and she's like, I'm going to go fly by myself. I'm like, "Uh, wait a minute now, you're in front of a whole lot of people. And you're not real good at controlling this thing. And I don't really care if the helicopter gets hurt, but I don't want you to hit somebody. And for the first several flights, she was all over the place. I mean, I had told people, I'm like, you guys need to watch out. Okay. Just keep an eye out. And by the end of the weekend, she was nosing hovering better than most of the people could do out there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, 38 flights, that'll do it. That was fun. Yeah. So ever since then, she's been been fairly well hooked into it. Um, she kind of goes through spurts now. You know, she's she's dating and all that kind of neat stuff. I'm sure you guys saw the picture that I posted on the, the facial book the other day. So she's kind of lost a little bit of interest in, in flying. But uh, going up to Ohio sparks it up every, you know, pretty good because she gets to fly with Candy and Brittany and Dana. So she mm. likes flying with other girls and yeah. 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 I'm sure having other ladies there to go and help and encourage her and make her feel a little more welcome like that definitely helps I, too. I think I'm, I think we've even kind of sucked team into it. I think she's starting to try to fly a bit more again now. Oh, wow. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. So tell us about your sponsors. I know you're, you're sponsored up. Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, got BK Hobbies and cool. uh, Theta Servos. Nice. And you're going to hate me for this one, but SMC Batteries. Um, it's okay. You'll learn your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything. I'm going to be nice. Team Ninja and Flyright uh, RC. Nice. Really and cool. Flyright RC. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing yeah. more and more about him sponsoring people. I don't know about this. That's uh, <laughs> tell you what he's he's coming in hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, I love Louis. Yeah, I got I got actually one of his stickers on on my 600 on the boom. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't crash that one too too much. I feel very very fortunate to have the sponsors that I do. I'm I'm really really happy with all of them. Um, I don't feel like I deserve any of them. The other thing that I was going to bring up so is you're obviously part of the Telerotor podcast as well. So how did you get involved with them? 
Well, we were they they were starting to do the flybarless review episodes, and they needed somebody stupid to see how long <laughs> it took them to program the fly bar, the all the different flybarlesses, and uh, they didn't know any like stupid how, people besides that me. That sounds like how I became on, got onto this podcast. <laughs> they were looking for somebody stupid to do the record the editing. <laughs> no, we need somebody smart. That's why you got involved. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted now, you. Anyways, <laughs> they uh, they 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 needed somebody that was not super technical with with anything. Um, just because I was basically representing a you know average Joe. This is how long it's going to take a normal person not used to X, Y, and Z fly barless to see how long it takes me to get it programmed up and flying the way I like it. Mm-hmm. And and just kind of. I actually thought that I was only going to be coming on to do those episodes. And then we started, you know, some of them would take a little bit longer than others. So we were having other episodes in between and I just became part of it like that. Hmm. I guess they need a stupid person all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. What what fly bars do you usually fly then? Oh, this this feels so good. Say it. (laughs) Say it, Cliff. Yeah, say it. I, I tell them what you used to fly. <laughs> I've I've gone ev- from I've gone away from Futaba to V Control and Neos. Okay, yeah. Um, Futaba's great. It's it's a great transmitter. It it's it's kind of smart for me though. Yeah, and I have nothing bad to say about it. Uh, setting up a, a V Control. You know, so getting the I have I do have to 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 say this. Yeah, you know, I was very comfortable, very used to Futaba. Could get one programmed up pretty quick. Not talking about putting all the conditions in and all that kind of stuff just to get it going. I could go through it pretty quickly. Probably have it done in about probably fifteen, maybe maybe twenty minutes. When I went to made the switch to Mikado, I'm like, oh, this is going to be super simple. It's going to be like basically just. Set it there and watch it do its thing. It took me quite a while to get used to the radio and how I needed to have everything set up in it too. So there's a learning curve to to all of them a little bit, but still now this is it is just it's easier for me. It's easier and of course to buddy box anybody. It's just get the other transmitter, just hook them right together and go fly. Um, yeah. There's, there are things that I did like about the Futaba better. The tail, uh, there's, I haven't flown a fiberless system yet that has the, the, the ability to hold a tail as solid as Futaba does and stop. I mean, just, you can be pirouetting as fast as you want to and you let go of the stick and it's just wham, it locks right there and it doesn't move. Their tails yeah. are phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I've even that. I would even I would say too. Like I, I actually have never flown to Futaba, but before I switched back to V Bar, I was flying the old Skookum. So I don't know. Did you ever fly the Skookum, Cliff? I did. Yeah, I had yeah. one of those. Yeah, and in my opinion, the, the Skookum tail was far was definitely noticeably better than the V Bar tail as well. It was blasphemy. nice and hard. Blasphemy. And All I'm hearing is blasphemy. <laughs> when when I switched to Mikado uh, for the first first little bit. I th- I actually had thought to myself, I'm like, I th- I think I messed up because the tail was that different. Um, and I've gotten used to it now. So now I don't even notice it anymore now, but I definitely did at the beginning. Yeah. So how many more fly barless controllers have you guys got left to do? We have one left to do. Ooh. CGY. Okay. 
So are you going to do, are you hoping to maybe get a co- copy of the, or get one of the new Nick Maxwell ones when it comes out then too? I We would love to try to do that. It would, we would have to do some, some talking and some begging because yeah. we would have to get a, the transmitter and the fly barless. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to, to have it operate to its full potential anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I would, I would love to try that. I really would be curious, especially after talking, having Nick on our show, talking about it. I'd be curious to see how that stacks up against some, you know, the the CGY and the and the V bar. Yeah, I had yes. talked to Frank Knoll uh, a good bit, uh, kind of even before Kyle had switched and and went to uh, to the JR stuff, and he was telling me a lot about what the the flybarless was going to be able to do and it it sounds interesting to me you know not knowing anything at all it sounds pretty neat mm-hmm. yeah so what are you actually flying now for helicopters well i have i guess of my own really i've got two raw 700s and a black thunder 700 i oh. technically have a fourth raw 700, but I've kind of given that one to Maddie and I've kind of taken her 420 away from her. So that was kind of the switch we made there. But then on the other side, she's got a, uh, she's got a 580, a raw 580 and a Tron 5.5. Oh, wow. That's right. She won the Tron or something like that. Didn't she? She won the, she won the, what did she won the OMP M1? Ah, okay. And she flew that. She actually flew that at Urcha. And that's where she, she'd flown it. I think she flew a hundred times at Urcha. And she tried to flip it upside down and she crashed it out there at center stage. And, but that was the end. You know, that was everybody wanted to see her do it anyhow. But that <laughs> at the, uh, at the Dragonfly event where she won that M1, that's where uh, Frank, Frank Morrow, uh, noticed her. And she's on the, Fat Boys team. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. He's a good dude. He's uh he's a really good dude. You know, that reminds me I was gonna mention it earlier. You were talking about you trying to teach your daughter how to fly and you know, I'm also on the side a bit of a, a musician. Very poor musician, but a musician. And my mom is actually a piano teacher. That's what she's done for to earn extra money for the family for ever as long as I can remember. And when we were kids, she was smart enough to say, nope, I'm not teaching my kids. I'm getting somebody else to teach. <laughs> because yeah. like you say, when you're teaching a family, somebody that you know really well like that, it's different than when you're teaching somebody that's, you know, not a relative or a friend or something like that. It's definitely it is far, different. far different. I just, I feel like she has seen me do whatever it is that I'm trying to get her to do so many times that she should just know. And I can't, yeah. I, don't, I can't get that through my head that that's not how it works. Yeah. And there's also just a dynamic as well, where certain times when a child is actually going to listen to somebody else a little bit better than their own parent. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, 
And, and yeah, when we went to Ohio, I don't know how many times I'm like, hey, you know, you, you want to go fly? She's like, no. And, you know, she was hanging out with the other kids and she was having a good time and that kind of thing. But I'm like, yeah, do you want to go fly? You know, we came all the way up here. Do you want to fly? And she's like, no, I'm good. And Candy came over and actually drug her out of the camper one time. And she's like, all right, we're going to fly. And I'm like, yeah, that's what she And then she was over there. She was fine. Like once she started flying, she just wanted to stay over there and keep on flying. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I guess that's one of the things to get kids probably involved too, is it almost needs other people to sort of a little bit of a push kind of a thing rather than a parent. And I also wonder too, you know, having other people, other kids there same age that might be interested would probably help as well. But uh sounds like she doesn't hasn't really had that a whole lot though either. So well, I don't know. She, I mean, there have been kids there because you know, you know Val. Well, you probably don't, Frank. You know Val, and mm-hmm. uh, Val flies. Um, he's fourteen years old, and he is amazing. He is, yeah. he is great. So she certainly has been around kids uh, when they've been flying. So she's had more than enough opportunity. She just hadn't. Doesn't really, I don't know. She's she's no real big go getter to to do anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, what other outside of flying? What kind of things are you interested or do you enjoy doing? Mm. Mm, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> um, I would I would like to say that that Kathy and I like to go camping, but we don't. Um, we do every once in a while. <laughs> We do go camping, and we can't agree on anything. She she's real fit. She's she and she likes to go hike and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to kind of sit here and I just want to fish. And she's like, you're not even catching anything. I'm like, I know, but I, this is what I want to do. And suddenly we we kind of we have to plan times. Like I have to go hike with her, and I hate it. I hate hiking. Um, I don't. If we go look for like, if we have geocaches that we're going to go look for, that's fine. If as long as I've got a goal, I don't mind going for the walk in the woods. But I hate just walking to walk. I did. And uh, gosh, other than that, I don't know. I uh, I do Frank's favorite sport. I fish a little bit, uh, not a whole lot, but. Uh, <laughs> That's probably about it, really. We have, yeah. we have we have we have fourteen acres here, and oh wow, that takes a good bit of time to keep that where it should be. So, do you do a lot of flying at home then? If you got fourteen acres, no, because so about seven of it is woods, and about the other seven of it is it's pretty much it's like it's horse fields, but. There's for me, there's still too many trees that would get in my way. So I'll hover and I can do I can do some TikToks and some, you know, small funnels and hurricanes and that kind of thing here. But it still kind of scares me to fly too much because I'll hit a tree. Mm. So the horses are for Kathy, I guess. No, we don't have horses. We just have horse fields. Uh, I see. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you just have the open, empty property. Well, well not which necessarily open, you, but you just have the property. Well, which you would think is kind of nice because, yeah, you just, but no, you, I, she, so we have all these wooden fences that they put up, I don't know, 30, 35 years ago, whoever had it and decided to have horses here. And uh, it does look neat. So Kathy really likes the, 
the kind of the rustic look with all the horse fences up. So when they do fall down, I get to go put them all back up again, even though we don't need them up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Real interesting. Mm-hmm. And I used to mow all of that. And now I just have some paths that I cut kind of through the tall grass for her to make her way through. Interesting. Yeah. Now you guys have to come up sometime. We'll have a fun fly here and everybody can come up and see what they can do. Just don't crash into the house. Just try and use the <laughs> helicopters to chop the trees down. <laughs> I would like that. Yeah. <laughs> just hold an RCHO event there. Just tell them, hey guys, we're just going to go a little further north. <laughs> come up here. Well, we do have some power lines around here too, so you know, <laughs> we, Jay might not be allowed to come. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about that? <laughs> I don't know. I am. (laughs) (laughs) I don't say it. You know, a lot of people have said a lot of things about that event. And it's going to be my opinion on it. And, you know, you can you can send me the hate mail and I'm okay with that. You know, but if that's all you're talking about, that event, you clearly are missing the point. Yeah, because that was that was a great event. And I had a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I had actually gone to bed actually when all that had when all that happened. Oh, really? Yeah, I had just gone to bed. I well, and then when Rodney fell down out there and busted his head, riding um, riding Andy's one wheel. I had gone to bed. I didn't see that either. Um, I'm old. I go to bed early. And uh, Andy came over to the camper and he knocks on the door and he's like, "Hey, Rodney fell. Can you come look at him?" I'm like, "Man." Like, all right, so I'm putting, you know, getting getting kind of halfway dressed again, and I'm like, he's probably fine, and I'm wobbling my way out there, and I get over to Rodney, I'm like, oh my, he's not good at all. Like, he was not breathing very good. He, what he what breathing he was doing, he was snoring, and I'm like, oh my, this is this is really bad. I should have hurried up a whole lot more than what I did to get over here, but mm. whatever, he was fine. So, yeah. In the end, anyways, yeah. <laughs> so, what is it that you do for a living then? If you don't mind me asking. No, we own a company called Pet Stop of Central Virginia. Um, it's kind of what most people would know as like Invisible Fence. Invisible Fence is our competitor. Uh, so, we put wire in the ground to, and your dog wears a collar and it keeps your dog or cat or whatever animal you have. We've done all kinds of animals, uh, we keep them electronically. Contained. Hmm. Uh, we, cool. my mom and dad, started that business uh, almost thirty years ago, and Kathy and I took it over probably about se- six or seven years ago. Wow! Um, cool. Before that, I was a firefighter paramedic, and that was fun. No um, yeah, yeah. It's it's gotten it's changed a lot from when I had originally gotten into it. It's really political now. Uh it's still a lot of continuing education. I miss truly helping anybody that's really sick or hurt. But it was a lot of uh Granny's been sick for two weeks now and yeah, I know it's three o'clock in the morning, but you need to go ahead and take her into the hospital because you have some lights and sirens and we don't have that. Yeah, I'm like, but you have 
eight cars in the driveway. Yeah, but that's okay. You go ahead and take her. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. I, don't, I, I do miss driving fast with the lights and sirens on, but uh, I don't miss a whole lot of it. Now, you say firefighter paramedic. Were you also at a fire hall then as well or just paramedic side? No, we did both. We were, okay. we did both. Yeah. Because do you guys have fire, volunteer fire departments and things like that down there as well? Uh-huh. So are you still doing any volunteer for anything like that? As then it says, or I don't. You're just done that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Done with all of it. Business takes up too much time. No, just lazy enough to not want to go do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, honesty. I, I like that. I'll lie to you if you want me to. Uh, yeah, it's just too busy. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'd rather have the honest answer myself. I like that, it. That, that was perfect. That was perfect. God. It's a it's a huge commitment, man. Um, yeah. The, for I mean, uh, yes, for a career, also, but for a volunteer, they they have to do the same training, the same amount of continuing ed hours mm-hmm. that that people do it professionally have to do, and you know they're they're getting up and doing it on their time. They've got to get up and go to work the next day. So yeah, I give them lots of credit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's kind of why I was wondering too, is because it is a lot of extra time and that, that costs, even when you are doing it, it's a volunteer thing. So do you have a lot of employees then too, or is it just a small business? Just a few, couple of you. It's just Kathy and I, she is really, really good on the telephone and on the computer. So she usually talks to everybody like that. And I'm the kind of the worker bee and I go out and push the machine around and kind of do the sweating part of the work. And then we come together at the end and start doing the, the training of the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of more fun. I've kind of gotten to the point where it's not so much fun dealing with people all the time and dealing with dogs usually isn't too bad most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not the pets. It's the owners. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We have a harder time training the people to train the pets then we could just train the pets just by ourselves. <laughs> yeah i can believe that well. i can believe that so have you ever been to uh getting back to helicopters have you ever been to uh an event that's out west at all in, uh, or anything like that i have not um no. Trying to probably, yeah, probably the most west I've ever gone to for an event was Urcha. Okay. Which is not really west at all, but that's the most west. Yeah. One of these days, I need to do that. Snohomish. I, you know, I would, I would like to try. I want to fly somewhere, but I'm kind of scared to fly at the same time because I don't. I, so, I, as a paramedic, I flew a lot. But ah. I've only commercially flown one time, and that was when Kathy took me to meet her sister up in Minnesota. I'm, so I'm, I'm not real good with going through the airports. I don't really know where to go to and what I can do and what I can get away with or any of that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of, kind of, that kind of scares me a little bit, which is probably another reason why I haven't gone to too many events out there. Mm-hmm. Well, traveling with a helicopter is not exactly an easy thing. It can definitely be a little frustrating, right, Frank? Yep. Yeah. 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 It's always a exciting. That's the best way to say it. <laughs> I, I the, the, helicopters, the, the helicopters never been the issue. To me, it's always been the batteries. I've yeah. always had. I've had some issues with batteries, and it, I've never lost a battery or got a battery taken away from me. It's just 
I have to sit there and listen to somebody who doesn't know anything about the batter, doesn't know anything about the hobby or anything, tell me what it is, and it makes me feel like like I'm bringing something illegal in there, and I'm like, oh, look, they're for these, so i got to show a bunch of pictures and explain to them. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it's it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I know, you know, Wes was on on your last episode, and I, you know, listened to him talk about you know, he's saying that he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't put his job at risk for batteries. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I, I can't, I don't, I can't imagine how that would be for a, a, a pilot to try to bring bad. I don't know how that would work, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't blame him at all for that. Yeah. Of course he flies cargo, which is probably a little bit different, I would think, but I could be wrong on that too. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, because there are a lot. I mean, you are allowed to take pl- uh, batteries on the plane. You just have to f- make sure you follow the right regulations. But the only real concern is, is even if you're following all the rules correctly, the TSA agent can still say, "No, nope, not going to let you." Yeah, and, and that's kind of it. I've, I, I, you know, I, I don't have an issue with authority, but I do have an issue where. You know, this person is doing the same job this way, and this other person is doing it this way, and it's it's the same thing. You know, I've 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 heard people like Nick. Nick Maxwell has had issues where he's had yep. batteries taken away from him. Other times, he's like, "There you go, just take it, take as many as you want, have a day." I, I don't know. I'm just pick one and be that way. Either be yeah. super strict or let it go. Whatever. Yeah. No, I would agree. It would be nice if there was consistency. Yeah. And and stick with it, you know. And that's probably that's like that's definitely the concern that I have with going to Urcha here next week. Yeah, I is, can I can imagine that, you know. I, I have brought my batteries on board with the plane before. I've done it twice before. And both times the TSA agents didn't seem like they could have cared less about the fact that I had batteries, lithium batteries. But this time I could get somebody that's just having a bad day and it's you know deciding yeah. to and to you show like up it. at the counter with you know five or eight hundred dollars worth of batteries and they're like yeah nope you can throw them away over there if you want to but you're not taking them with you yeah exactly uh, so exactly yeah i, I don't, don't know. have anybody nearby that i can go and give them to go get them to hold on to them for me <laughs> and then i don't it, once I got to wherever I was going to, I would, I would, I definitely have to rent a car because I would just, I feel bad, you know, making somebody leave the event to come and get me and then kind of be, you know, taking me here or there or whatever. I don't know. I'm just kind of, yeah. kind of stupid like that. I, I well, just buy somebody dinner. I'll buy them a good dinner. Let's go, let's go get some steaks or something. That's, that justifies me asking people to pick me up and take me places. I don't play yeah. events. And and I know there would be more. I know there would be a lot of people willing to do that. I just would feel bad. I know what you mean because I like that's something that I do have a bit of a concern with too. Is as much as I know, there's lots of people that will be willing to let me use their generator and and probably even feed me and all kinds of stuff like that. Let me use some chairs and their pop up shelters, and. I I feel bad for this, for doing that as well, uh, especially. I know, understand that completely. Yeah, I'm used to showing up, and I have everything that I need, so that I can be completely self sustaining. 
Yeah, I'll give you whatever you you want to come hang yeah. out in the shelter with me. That's fine. You want to sit in my chair? That's fine. Use my yeah. generator? That's fine. I don't yeah. want to use you. I just feel bad using your stuff. I don't know why I'm. Yeah. I've always been that way. And I'm the exact same way. I'm exactly the same way. I can completely understand that, and I do struggle with that. And you know, this is going to be a struggle for me too because this this trip for that is because I ha- I'm going to have to go and basically shove my pride up. You know, away. But I can assure and, there's going to be so many people yeah. that come out of the wood and they're like, "Yeah, sure, I got this, I got this," and you know, you're going to be, yeah. you're yeah. going to be fine. Absolutely, and I've I I realize that, but it's still, it's still I get hard. It. Yep, we'll see. Yeah, I have we'll no, see. I have no I have no problems doing that. I've come to the realization. Okay, yeah, Frank, okay. <laughs> Frank will mooch off anybody at any time as much as he can. He has no problem. Yeah, I have no problems. <laughs> Come to my event, you can moosh off of me. So that's the one way. One of I these see days, it. I'm gonna make it down there. Oh, dude, I'll feed you so much Cuban food, you won't want to come back. <laughs> I will, you know. Just promise you, man. I'll definitely. It'll always be an honor to have you here, man. That would be. Oh, that would one be the of world. these days, it's gonna happen. You can talk to the heli head guys, dude. They had a good time when they came down. Here. I know, I know. But yeah, man. So I kind of want to take this couple of last questions. Now it's, it's became so imp- it's more out there than it was before. What do you guys have are thinking about how not not you, Darren, but Cliff? Are you are you concerned with the new Frias and all the other stuff that we have to do for the FAA now? Like putting a module on your helicopter? Will you be doing any of that? Because my club has has the has the thing already, so I don't I don't have to worry about that. But again, I go to a bunch of events around the country. So, do you recommend that I get this, or what is your thought on that? I I, I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast where anybody could hear it, but I'm not going to do it. Any of the places that I fly at are already the Frias. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not going to do it. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm not going to do it. If you want to, it's fine. I'm not going to hold anything against you. I just, uh, who's going to enforce it? That's kind of where I go to with it. Who Who is going to be the one that enforces it? And I don't know. There's there's still so many questions that I have about it. Um, nah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like, I don't fly a drone. So, I understand they all glump everything in together, right? Mm-hmm. All my stuff is, uh, I have nothing that's FPV. Everything's eyesight, you know. So, and I fly at a, at, and I fly at the field. Field that I fly at has that already, you know. And all the actually all the fields here in, in South Florida, they have that set up already. Mm-hmm. And I don't fly. I used to fly off this like construction site that got stopped, and it was just go. That was stopped for like five years. I used to go fly there all the time. And I remember when they first started bringing up the FAA stuff, like six or seven years ago, or yeah, I remember like saying, like, oh man, I got to get things figured out. But now I'm just, I feel like just to be, just to be safe. But again, you're, you make such a good point. Who's going to enforce that? Who's going to uh, like. Don't listen to me, man. I'm a dumbass. No. I don't know what the hell I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm just saying that's how I feel. No, and and I get that. I get that. But, you know, there's also the this like Darren you were saying that they'll fine you 10 grand. <laughs> like 
again, I don't see myself so, flying anywhere where it would be illegal or not safe or anything like that. So, the thing that I would think about is, you know, I, I have been doing this flying stuff for a while. I used to ride dirt bikes too. So, I, you know, a lot of the the hobbies that I've had have been on the noisier side. Um, I have kind of found out that wherever there's somebody having fun doing something, somebody's going to be complaining about it. So yes. I think you'll pretty much be fine until you get that neighbor, until you get that one person that's not happy for whatever reason that you're there. That's a good point. You know, I haven't even thought about that. Has the FAA stated who they expect to be enforcing it? I honestly don't know. I saw I I, I I got an email that my registration was has lapsed, so I went and paid for it, and then I sent I I saw a post about something, and so I like I do the first thing I did is like I messaged my the president of the club. I said, like, "Hey, do I need to worry about this?" He's like, "Frank, you don't have to worry about it as long as you fly here." Yeah, I'm not going to say that every club that you're going to go to is going to have it like that because it is an extensive process but you're good to fly here it's like worst case scenario i would buy one of the modules and just keep it in your uh, transmitter case just in case you go somewhere else and that's where this this whole thing came from because i'm like oh valid point you know but again you know it's like i could see it being more of an issue when you know, so like if you live in like a like a subdivision, you've got neighbors right beside you and you want to just pop out there real quick. I mean, and maybe you want to throw down a flight out there on your helicopter every, you know, two or three times a day. But okay. if you just want to be that one to to pop out there and just test hover just to make sure your your blades are tracking right or whatever, um, you know, you probably will be just fine with it until that one neighbor gets upset about it and I then I don't know I guess I don't know I don't know they would probably yell at you they would yell at somebody and I could see that's where the problem would start yeah the squeaky wheel gets the oil yeah <laughs> or the nail that sticks out gets the hammer absolutely right. so yeah that's 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 my two cents on that whole thing yeah I appreciate that uh yeah, it was. It's been it's it's been haunting me lately. I'm like, you know, and I and I feel like because I'm a licensed architect in the state of Florida, that you know, they can if I ever get arrested or anything for doing it like that, it could be used. It can affect my livelihood. Sure. So I'm like, hmm. You know, I my gut feeling is to say I'm not doing it. I'm not. I I'm not affecting anybody. It wasn't. It wasn't the helicopter guys or the plane guys. That caused this. It was there was no reason for this to happen. When it was a hobby and it there was a huge learning curve where you had to spend the time to learn to actually do it and do it safely and get taught by somebody, it was never an issue. This the time when it became this is this is such an old way of thinking too, so I get pissed off I get pissed off at myself about it too. But I think I'm right. Because the the reason is when it was when it, it wasn't an easy thing that you can go buy a DGI drone from Best Buy and go fly. There was none of these issues. When it became super easy for anybody to just go and do it, then it mm -hmm. became the big problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, 
I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the drone guys. They can fly. They can have fun, do what they want to with it. But mm. that that is when all the problems started coming up. I mean, they had the guy flying over to the White House and peeping in the windows and just doing dumb stuff. So, they have to do something. I get that. Yeah. It's But it's not all of us. And I don't know. We're such a small little little niche in this group that they're not going to they're not they they can't just say okay well you fly radio control airplanes or helicopters you'll be okay but you fly this radio control drone so no and i don't know it's it's i'm glad i'm not the one making the decisions that's for sure i don't see why they couldn't have just gone and made a distinction between does it have gps and a camera and if it has either one of those, then you have, you, then you have to go and follow a whole whack of other regulations. And if it doesn't have either one of those, then it's considered a hobby machine that's going to be line of sight only. So it can't really cause a whole lot of those issues. Cause I guess my other issue is with all of this and it's similar with up here in Canada. Can you tell me of an, of a, of an incident? Where a radio control aircraft of any type, whether it's a multi-rotor, because I hate the word drone, a multi-rotor, model airplane, model helicopter, whatever. Can you tell me of a single incident anywhere in the world that you know of where a radio control aircraft has actually brought down a full-scale aircraft? No. But you you don't want that to happen either, though. But... That's my thing is, you know, I know that I I would, I would argue that there's a greater chance of a bird bringing down an aircraft than one of our RC aircraft. I don't disagree. And I, they, you know, they, they do all this testing with birds and work around that. Why are they not able to do something like that with RC aircraft? Because I would be willing to bet that they're going to find that RC aircraft are actually safer than birds. When it comes to something like that. Well, you can't put regulations on birds. Well, exactly. And to me, it just, none of this all, to me, it it really doesn't make sense. I mean, I can understand the, you know, the peeping toms and all that stuff. But once again, uh, in my opinion, then if it has a camera or a GPS, okay, then go and have some other rules. And I realize that there's hobbyists that have cameras and GPSs on it. Unfortunately, there has to be some sort of a compromise, you know. But the vast majority of us in the hobby do not have camera or GPS. And it, I, to me, that would make far more sense to have that as the distinction between, you know, whether or not to have to deal with all this other stuff or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that way I can just get to the crash site easier. I like pull it up on my phone. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 50 feet in front of you. <laughs> I need GPS to find it 50 feet in front of me. Well, you get out 50, you 50 feet in front of you in, in corn that's 12 feet tall. You can't see anything when you get in there. Oh, I know that only too well because my field is surrounded by cornfield, my <laughs> flying field. Yeah. We have our flying field, we have a moat, and then the cornfield. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. 
I got to I got to watch myself because I could go for hours on this. But uh, so because, Frank, what have you are have are you still trying to decide or no, no, sure? no, 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 I, I, I have to. So as far as my flying here in Florida, I have no I, at my local fields. I have no problems. But again, I go to a lot of other events. Right. Mm hmm. And my fear is that, you know, I go to an event when there where isn't that hasn't been set up or, you know, and there's there's potential that would happen. But, you know, I'm but I also don't want to bring it there and be the only guy doing it either, you know. Like But all of guy. any other place that you go to is an AMA field, right? Uh you know, that's that's a questionable mm. thing. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. so that's why I'm always kind of like, mm, is that happening there? You know, um, well, I know the one in Texas. It's I, I have no idea that where I visit, the where I go for the Helis over Apache Pass. I don't know if Dow wants it. You know, and that's a fun that's a fun event to go to, man. That remind, there's a lot of RCHO in that event with those guys. I can't see yeah. them messing around too much with in Texas. <laughs> 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 it's in the it's in the middle of nowhere too, man. So I'm like, you know, and it also depends. If, if there's an airport next to it, would that would that would that increase the the requirement? Or if yeah. it's, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. It's, there's there's still there's so much there's so much up in the air that uh, I mean, so many unanswered questions that we'll never even begin to be able to think of and. Yeah, like I say, I, I'm all, pretty much every place except for when I fly here. Every place I fly is an AMA field. So, is that field in Texas? Is it not an AME field? It's it's not even a real club, dude. Oh, okay. It's, I thought it was actually at a club field. Okay. No, 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 no. It's not even a real club. I don't think it is. I think that. So, I I might be just talking on my ass. They might have it done, but. It just seems like they only have like two or three events a year. And I don't yeah. think by the looks of it, it doesn't look like a real club, but okay. I might be wrong. I might be just talking out of my ass. Cause I always thought it was actually at a real club. So, but then I've never been there. So I don't know. Yeah. It's an awesome place, man. I, I'm, I was really mad that I missed it this year. <laughs> well, anything else? <laughs> no, I'm pretty much done. I'm tapped. <laughs> 10 30 past my bedtime it was past yeah. my bedtime when we started recording i'll have you know wow and yeah. you go to bed that early i need some beauty rest i've been missing a little well, bit lately so you and shaggy my well i'm not quite that bad come on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great i love that that was that was great Oh, I'm a little disappointed that I'm not going to actually get to see Shaggy out at Urcha this year, too. I'm pretty disappointed that Shaggy's not going to get to be out there and stay in to see some of the event that he's. Yeah. I mean, he's going out there to work and then having to come back home. That sucks. Yeah. It's, I feel bad wow. for him in that way, too. And uh, it's, it, it, it would suck, that's for sure. But yeah. Unfortunately, that's yeah. the way life is sometimes. Yeah, it, it happens. Yep. Well, then, should we bring this to a close? Yes, sir. Well, then, Cliff, if anybody ever wanted to try and reach you for any reason, is there a way that they could get a hold of you? 
I don't have any idea why they would want to, but they certainly can. The The facial book is the easiest way. On the facial book. Yeah. Cool. Frank! If I don't know the answer, I'll make up something good. Cool! Frank, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do it? If they don't know already, they don't need to get a hold of me. <laughs> <laughs> Just find me on the Hangout on Facebook. That would be the best way to do it. Oh, yes. Yes. And for me, I'm the opposite. I still go email. rchellydarren at gmail.com. Far better than face, than the facial book. I, I check my Facebook messages so seldom. And yeah, so what? how I do it is I talk to the per- I include them in a chat on Facebook, and then I send him a screenshot to his cell yep. phone. I'm like, hey, there's someone there waiting for you. Check it out. <laughs> That's literally what it was. <laughs> it works pretty well. Uh, I've, I actually have had listeners send me a message on Facebook, and I didn't see the message till over a month after he sent it. Mm. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like I don't guy. have face. I'm like Nick Maxwell. I don't have Facebook Messenger on my phone. So unapproachable, just like McGrady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess oh, people man. will find out. <laughs> oh my god, dude! That, that podcast chat that we're in. So most people don't know this, but we we there like all the heli podcasts. Somehow, someone decided to put all of us in one ch- chat, or most of us. There's some that got but her. Most yeah. of, some of them have gotten butt hurt and left. I'm not going to say names, uh, <laughs> but who cares anyways? They're a snitch. Yep. But regardless, um, yeah, and we have so much fun there because it's just there's no hold. There's no it's who can outdo the other person is what it really boils down to. Yeah, it's actually been kind of quiet lately. Yeah, everybody's getting ready for Urcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's actually a lot um, of guys surprised this morning how few, how many guys are not coming actually. But oh well. Yeah, That's man, okay. I'd be honest with you. If it wasn't because Ra was coming and they needed help with uh, with, with some of the other brands, I I would have taken this year off because I got I'd, I'm so yeah. slammed at work. Because I mean, I having actually, me come wasn't good enough. Hey, man, did you come to my events? <laughs> that's how I. That's how I get out of that. Uh, out of that guilt you, trip. Yeah, but you haven't been to our events either, so I haven't been invited. Yeah, but, well, okay. Any choose <laughs> is better than none. <laughs> yeah, something is better than nothing. I, I haven't actually I been officially. Urcha this year. It w- th- this year's Urcha is going to be, uh, I think, I think a pretty, a pretty decent yeah. event. Yeah. I think so, too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So. I'm excited for it, man. I, I am looking I, forward I, to it. Yep. Shameless plug for Heli Extravaganza. Everybody make it down to South Carolina. Triple Tree. You'll never want to go back again. I mean, you'll never want to leave there. You'll never want to leave to go home. (laughs) All right. Let's bring this to a close. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Cliff, for coming on. Good to have you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And we will see everybody. Actually, I shouldn't say we will see you because it's a podcast for listening. We will talk to everybody later.
bloopers and outtakes, bloopers and outtakes. And there was much rejoicing. You're having the most amount of problems with Audacity lately. Sheesh. You got to set up, you got to set up for me so I don't have to do any of this shit, all right? So I can just sit here and just you know, do like I do at Fun Flies, you know? Don't expect a lot from me. Bring in some funny humor, you know, get bring in some giveaways and that's about it. That's what you get from me. None of this other shit, you know. Do you guys uh, need me to record your- Probably I've got to go find my audacity since we obviously we never record anymore. <laughs> so- I wonder, you know, that would be a great idea, by the way, because there's not a sexier voice on all the podcasts more than Richard's, man. Jesus Christ. Hey, he does have a good voice. Yeah. Fuck me, man. It's, yeah. it's crazy. You know, I'm like, damn. <laughs> dude, he if does. I was ever on the if I was ever on the fence, my dude could get me. Jesus Christ! Just <laughs> He's a good have, dude too. You have that recorded already, right? You're gonna be able I to do. put yeah, that in there yeah. somewhere. Dude, <laughs> I do. dude, I, I, that's why I'm here for. I'm not here for anything else. None of this knowledge and shit. These guys both know as much as I do all day long. They just have me on here for the the gag reel. And then you'll hear right. my uh, sim going off in the background. As long as we don't sound like chipmunks, he's doing a great job. <laughs> I should make Frank. I should make Frank sound like a chipmunk just for just to see. He'd never oh, notice because he never listens. I I I am. You know what? I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. And I play it back to myself, and I'd be like, "Dude, I'm an idiot. 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 I'm an idiot." <laughs> Ooh, I got that recorded. <laughs> that was a good outro. Thank you. Huh? The intro sucked, but that's okay. Yeah, that can't wasn't be, your best. You need to work. Can't you, you be great at everything. It's not my job. It's Javier's job. Javier's better at it. I'm just a dumb editor. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>